With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's easy to fall in love with rookie wide receivers every single season. I mean, just go back a couple. In 2020, you had CD Lamb, you had Justin Jefferson. T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, 2021, it was Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. Last season, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson. We can keep going on and on and on. But Hayden, this year's wide receiver group might not stack up to what we have gotten excited about over the last three plus years. On my initial grades, I have two round one wide receivers, and they're like mid to late round one type of prospects and there was no like superstar wide receiver either there was like one guy but he's like from west virginia or something crazy like that he was like the number two receiver on his own team there was no freakazoids out here and yes the thing i'm kind of trying to figure out with the wide receiver position is they get smaller and smaller every year and that's like disappointing and if you're like looking at like the weight adjusted stuff they never really pop but at some point do we just have to say it's a new NFL and like we just have to reset our expectations with the position and like new type of players are going to win. Like you look at like the top 20 wide receivers uh, over half of them are six foot and yeah. 202 pounds or lighter. That's half of the best receivers in the league are small guys. Yeah. The listeners and viewers of this channel that have stuck with us for a long time. know one of my favorite phrases is a wide receiver is not a wide receiver is not a wide receiver. Like maybe more than any other position other than, I don't know, defensive end. Like, the different body types that you get underneath the same position of WR yeah. are so, so different. Like all you have to do is go back to back second rounds when you have DK Metcalf and AJ Brown going mid to late second round Then the year after that, it's like two, two at well at 170 pounds and D Eskridge versus yeah. the 225 pound yeah. behemoth. Um, those Guys are still in the NFL, though, you know, and what's weird about this most intriguing is like the wide receiver movement over the last couple of years in the league is what has totally shifted a lot of teams like taking them over the top in some ways and completely changing mm -hmm. their offenses. Now, to the credit of this wide receiver grouping this year, the free agent wide receiver class is also not good. So one of these guys is almost certainly going to be a, I don't know, top 15 top 20 pick, but it's not going to be like last year where we saw four go in that top 50. 
Yeah, and I think deservedly so too. As well, and the other point that you're making with the size of wide receivers, not a wide receiver, is like slot uh, slot wide receivers. They need a, these agility drills to kind of show off. And then your typical X receiver, that's your vertical jumping drills and stuff. And then you're off the ball. Z wide receiver downfield threat that where that's where it comes down to speed. One thing I do want to just bring up real quick compared to other positions, the weight adjusted stuff doesn't matter at wide receiver as much compared to an edge rusher, because like at those positions, you are physically moving a different player where the actual mass matters. The wide receiver position matters a little bit less because you're running quote on air for more of the time. So just raw speed, raw vertical ability and stuff matters a little bit more than the size adjusted stuff when we're talking about edge rushers and running backs where you're actually trying to move somebody uh, against their will. Okay. Let's start with one of the names on this list that is very happy to hear that weight adjusted doesn't matter as much. <laughs> and that is USC's slash pit wide receiver, Jordan Addison. He's five eleven and one eighths, 173 pounds. Okay. Just 32 wide receivers at the NFL combine in the last 20 years. Hayden have weighed, 173 pounds or less. Yep. That's 32 of like nearly a thousand names in the last two decades, eight and three fourths, eight inch hands. Uh, let's just say 31 inch arms. So I can talk uh, a long wingspan. I mean, this is an interesting player in Jordan Addison. What can we take from his athletic testing here today when he has missed it, when he is listed by many as, you know, the number one overall wide receiver in this class. Yeah, it's a third percentile weight. His 40-yard dash is at the 39th percentile. So if you weight adjust that, that's an, at the bottom fifth percentile. So the positives that you can possibly point out here is his 10-yard split was better, 46th percentile. Um, but really, this is like just a not a good day. Ian Rappaport mentioned that he had some back strains, but you kind of see this if you have a bad day. You can kind of see uh, an injury report kind of creep up. He'll have his pro day to get better. Uh, what's interesting about him is like Devonta Smith, Calvin Ridley, Steph Diggs. These are the type of players you kind of see on the on tape because yeah. they're 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 gliders like that. But he is smaller and he is a little less athletic than those type of guys. So disappointing day for Jordan Addison. I don't think that this means he's not going to go round one. Daniel Jeremiah thinks that he's going to go middle uh, to late round one. That's where I'm going to have him graded out and stuff. He's not going to be a number one receiver in the traditional sense because he is so small. Right. But if he's he's a smooth, fluid athlete. And I'm not sure if any of the drills that he did today is going to exactly show that off. And I'm sure we're going to repeat some of the phrases that we're using when kind of contextualizing these wide receiver prospects. Um, just to list them out, the raw numbers, a 4-4-9-40, a 1-5-6-10 yard split, a 34-inch jump, and Ted Foot too. You mentioned some names like Calvin Ridley, Stefan Diggs. I think he's like 16 pounds lighter than Calvin right. Ridley, 22 pounds lighter than Stefan Diggs. I mean, he's right around the weight of someone like Deshaun Jackson. He's like Devonta um, Smith size. Yeah. The thing, though, with Devonta Smith that I'll always bring up is how long and how yeah. big he played at Alabama. And the dude also Correct. won the freaking Heisman Trophy, you know? Correct. Um, with Jordan Addison, he's almost, I like the names that you mentioned. Calvin Ridley, I think is at the peak, right? Maybe some Jerry Judy, Emmanuel Sanders, like on that spectrum, he's going to have to win in that way. Last year, he played 102 of his 537 snaps in the slot, only a 3.2% drop rate, a 10.7, a dot nine deep catches, but only two contested catches. And like overall, 
I'm not trying to crush his athletic profile because at the end of the day, it's an average athletic profile. And I think when we just get done viewing all this athletic testing over four days, we get really focused on the great athletes. And then anyone who's not a great athlete, people get really down on. Mm -hmm. I'm here to repeat over and over and over again, an average athlete is not a bad athlete, right? Let's keep that perspective when talking about all the players who did not test otherworldly like yep. some did this week. And for this position in particular, production is about three times more predictive than athleticism in Jordan Addison's early declare. And obviously was one of the most prolific wide receivers coming out. So is he a locked and loaded first round guy? I don't think so. He's probably a tier two round one prospect. He's very fluid fluid and he just has like ball tracking abilities and he can adjust and he's got a little bit of a short area burst when he is go working on these double moves he can get in and out of his breaks they use him in the screen game and stuff so i don't think the combine was ever going to be kind for jordan addison with that said he was a little bit more disappointing than i was expecting him to be um but i still do think he's going to be a first round wide receiver all right we'll have an entire video at a later date on Jordan Addison, his strengths, his weaknesses, his projection comparisons. So be sure to subscribe to the channel. Now we must move on to some other of these wide receivers. And how I've always talked about it and explained what the combine is, you all watch it. And it's a great event. I'm glad we get to witness it live. But it's an event for 40s and then positional drills. So someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba coming out of Ohio State, who's six foot one, 196 pounds, who elects to not run the 40 almost gets lost in the shuffle. But I want to bring up just how great his agilities were. A three-cone time of 6.57 seconds, a 20-yard shuttle time of 3.93 seconds. That is the 12th best wide receiver three-cone time since the year 2007 at the NFL Combine and the fourth best 20-yard shuttle since 2007 for a guy who wins on separation, sustaining it and winning after the catch JSN perfectly has his athletic profile encapsulate who he is as a player. Yeah. He's going to be a slot only player. That's how they used him at Ohio state and in the slot, the side to side agility matters most. And that's what gets captured here with 99th and 98th percentile scores uh, in those agility drills. Now he chose not to run the 40 for a reason. Some of these highlights, we can kind of talk about that to a degree. He's not a long speed burner. And that's why like initially kind of having like this Jarvis Landry type of player, Julian Edelman, where it's a specific role that they're very good at underneath route running, timing, all that stuff. Jackson Smith and Jigba, has it like this clip is showing here. He's not going to outrun anybody down the field, but that's totally fine because in today's NFL, he's somebody that I can see catch a hundred passes. The agility drills were great. He had a 70th percentile broad jump. That's good. At the same time, 36 percentile vertical ability. And I do think that if he is going to run the, the 40, it's probably in that four five five ish territory, maybe worst case in the four six Oh flat. Um, we'll see if he decides to run it at the pro day, but ultimately if he's going to be a slot only player, the two drills that matter the most are the short settle and the three cone he knocked out of the park. I, this comparison just popped into my head. Why can't he be someone like I'm on Ross St. Brown? You know, I mm -hmm. mean, that is probably the peak of the peak as we see these types of slot receivers in yep. the NFL. Right. I mean, I know that his vertical jump for JSN was 35 and a 10-5 broad jump. Amon Ross St. Brown was 38 and a half and a 10-7 
broad mm-hmm. jump. A- ARSB's agilities were way worse. And then his 40-yard dash was a 4.61. I've told you this story. I talked to Brad Holmes a year after, two years after they drafted mm-hmm. Amon Ra, the sun god. And he's like, no one was more excited than we were when he ran that 4.6 because we knew we could get him. I think that's exactly the role that he's going to play. There was a backfield. Uh, the reason why I picked one of these backfield plays is because Amon Ross St. Brown is definitely one of these comps that's going to be very popular. I agree. I think that Amon Ross St. Brown has more burst just in general when I'm watching him. But at the same time, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is just as good, maybe even better than Amon Ross St. Brown is just coming in and out of his breaks. He's he's a technician out there. Like th- there's a reason why he's going to go first round, even though that he's not he chose not to run the 40 yard dash like that's hard to do like he's going to be a locked and loaded first round wide receiver despite not running the 40 yard dash which everyone obsessed with okay question and maybe we should save this for the individual video that we will do about jason in the future Mm -hmm. is there some value to what you just said that maybe he's not the highest ceiling prospect at his position in this class but what you see is what you get it would be shocking if he fails at the nfl level versus Mm -hmm. a bunch of these other prospects that he's working out and playing in his peers. I can see a hundred catch 1100 yard season for four years in a row. Is there somebody else that can have a 1600 yard season in this class? Maybe you can find somebody like that, but I'm on or uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's a, he, to me, he's a layup 80 catches a thousand yards. All right. Shall we go to Jalen Hyatt? Can we sure. Clemson six foot one? Another one of these guys that is light in the shorts, 176 pounds um to me he has nearly identical size to paul richardson if we're talking about vertical players the difference though is paul richardson would like really go up and get it would climb the ladder if you guys remember colorado and then actually when he had his moments with the seahawks before injuries kind of sapped him of all of that he was always flailing yeah and jalen hyatt only had you know three contested catches uh, during this past season at clemson but what he did have was even a 19 yards per catch a 13.6 a dot and 624 of 733 slot snaps Mm -hmm. yeah he's not the jumper that like paul richardson is though his vertical was 91st percentile his broad jump 97th percentile for jalen hyatt his 10 yard split 92nd percentile so all the burst numbers are there the 444 tennessee by the way i don't know why i said clemson i was looking at the orange jersey colors it's the colors uh yeah, he, he's a speed de- demon. His tape is kind of all over the place because of the way that they're hiding him. But he's got a role, you know, that downfield role. He's got it. And all the combine stuff definitely checks all of those boxes. Fifth percentile of weight. He's kind of long and skinny. Like, I uh, hate to keep saying Devonta Smith, but like he's just really lengthy and very tiny. And he's one of these guys, 176 pounds or whatever he was. This is the new NFL. He's not going to be a number one receiver. He's not going to catch 100 passes. He's probably not going to score 10 touchdowns in a year. But if you're looking for a number two or number three receiver in a particular role, slot a vertical slot role, that Z role on the outside, I think that he can do it. I think that he's probably going to be like an early round two guy. I think that he has a little bit of like, like I mean, like this is not like this is a circus offense. What what is this, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's look at the space of what it's doing, and this is almost why. Sure, if you look at the charting, it says that he's a slot receiver, but he's not really a slot receiver because it's not the same thing as JSN working through trash. Right. This is basically isolating wide receivers out in space and yeah. asking him just to be faster than the cornerback against them. It's like when and we say like Marquise, Marquise Brown's a slot receiver at times, but he's not winning in the same type of routes. Yeah, this is what he is like this. And this is what his NFL combine showed exactly. So I, I think stock up, stock down. I think stock is neutral with him. 
He's going to be a vertical slot receiver. He's going to play on the outside a little bit. He's probably going to go early round two. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to talk about this Tennessee offense because really, I think you can ask to me what translates. But what also does translate is, like you said, 4-4 speed, 1.5 10-yard split, a 40-inch vertical jump, and an 11-foot-3 broad jump. And, I mean, this is why he had the second most uh, yards in college football last year that were qualified as deep. And he had 13 deep catches. And yep. so many of these teams across the league are craving a vertical element to their offense. Looking at you, Los Angeles Chargers. And then we also, again, want to bring this up. Free agency this year at wide receiver is super thin. There's not yep. really anyone like this to go out and get. Yeah, this this last route in the bottom here, he, this is where his like size kind of becomes a weakness where you kind of get jammed because he's fifth percentile weight. So he's boom bust. He's he's everything that there is with a guy that runs four four. I never knew you could control the video too. It's not just me. Mm-hmm. You saved it until this day on March fourth. All right, where should we go after this? Is a Quentin Johnston coming out of yep. TCU because we went through a bunch of guys that are either short and also light or just light, and this might be. Closest to the prototypical X receiver who is also being projected in the first round right now yeah. at six two and three fourths of an inch, two hundred and eight pounds. Quentin Johnston did not run the forty, but he had some impeccable jumps today. He's the guy in this class that you can dream big. Now, I think in our other videos we can talk about where some of the flaws are, but he has prototypical size, 80th percentile height 63rd percentile weight now he was listed at 6'4 and people were assuming that he was going to be 6'4 215 he's he actually did come in a little bit lower than that but like you said 97th percentile broad jump 92nd percentile vertical ability and you can see it he's a springy type of player and you can see some of that burst that he has i think that he chose not to run the agility drills for a reason i'm curious why he didn't run the 40 that doesn't make all that sense to me, but uh, I was not surprised to see him jump out of the gym. I think that's exactly what people were saying on tape. I think that his number one ability is to win downfield. Um, then there's some yards after the catch ability. I do fear that some people are kind of overselling that because I have mm. seen him fall down on the top of his routes and he's a body catcher and there's a lot of unnatural things in his game. He wasn't all that Ooh. productive, but at the same time, he is the guy in the class it's a Mickey Mouse class. Everyone's super tiny. And this is the guy that's really big. Now, I think in the other videos, we can talk about some of the, the flaws. Yeah. But he, this is the guy that you can talk talk yourself into having a high ceiling. Only lined up on the left side, as you all can see. That's very Kevin White-ish at uh, West Virginia. And then to the opposite end of the spectrum, that's DK Metcalf-ish at Ole Miss. So, you know, it's learning releases, footwork, everything on both sides of the field, which is important. And some people can do that and some people can't. Uh, He did have a 10.7 drop rate this season. And to your point, a 12.9 ADOT and did force 19 missed tackles after the catch, which just that raw number Mm -hmm. is very, very good. Let's save the rest on him another day. Okay. Um, Since we're searching for like these X body types, can I bring up a guy who popped up? I'm not going to say out of nowhere, but I had never heard the name. It's West Virginia's Bryce Ford Wheaton. Who is 6'4, 221 pounds, posted a 43840 at 221 pounds, yeah, a 154 10 yard split at 221 pounds, and then at a 41 inch vertical and a 10 foot 9 inch 
broad jump. Uh, immediately once this happened, because he was in that first group, I went and watched about two full games on YouTube. And the name that popped into my head is Miles Boykin from right. Notre Dame, a guy I fell for because of his athletic profile, was a great run block blocker. I thought he could develop, and he just didn't. I'm not saying that BFW won't be able to develop because I think that's very much up to the individual, but just in terms of because I think route running is a lot about reading body positioning, setting up your defender, you know, running into their blind spots, angles, so on and so forth, footwork. Mm-hmm. Didn't see a lot of that. Let's just say West Virginia. And that's another thing to go back to like Jordan Addison. I also think like film study and like knowing tendencies on defense also probably plays into a lot of this stuff. And you're not capturing any of that in the combine. So yeah, this guy was an incredible athlete talking about 95th percentile or above. I do want to know that quote Sam James, his teammate at West Virginia had more yards than he did. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series. And when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Okay. Um, Let's also bring up Kayshawn Boutte. This will be quick. Um, Okay. So Boutte was one of the best wide receiver recruits in this class, right? However, uh, what we got today was like a really mixed bag, okay? Because at 5'11", 195 pounds, he did post a 4'5", 40, a 1'5", 10-yard split, a 9-foot, 10-inch broad jump, and a 4'2", shuttle, which are all like solid, right? But then we get down to his 29-inch vertical jump. I know that's one just individual test to look at, but just 22 wide receivers in the last two decades have jumped 29 inches or lower. So at times we can connect you know, athletic testing to potential and it makes you wonder if Boutte has some of those. There's also a lot of stories going back to LSU that there could be some other things going on behind the scenes. So, uh, yeah, there he saved himself in some of these drills, but some of these were like non NFL caliber athlete level drills as well. So I don't think that you should be paying attention. If you're like drafting in best ball right now, I don't think that you should be spending your time on him. All right. Zay flowers, then five foot nine, 182 pounds. So he is larger. Let's put this in the context with some of his peers. He is larger than Jordan Addison and Jalen Hyatt, but certainly not up to the quote unquote X wide receivers that we see in the league. Um, four, four, two, 40, one, five, three, 10, a 35 and a half inch vertical jump and a 10 foot, seven inch broad jump. So his issue is, yeah, he's got a little more density to him, but he's still very small. He's yeah. got fifth percentile height. And the thing that is just alarming about Zay Flowers 
is he has 29 and a quarter inch arms for comparison just across the league. 17 have ever had that short of arms at the wide receiver position. And all of those guys are slot receivers only. And most of the mm. guys are guys like Isaiah McKenzie level type of players. So Zay Flowers, I know he's played on the outside a lot. And some people are kind of like hoping that he can like play like Antonio Brown, which is like ridiculous to say, but like that he can be small, but win on the outside, we're talking historically level outlier. If Zay Flowers is going to go win on the outside, he didn't do the three cone drill, which I was hoping that he would do the weight adjusted 40 yard dash was in the 23rd percentile. His raw speed was in the 69th percentile. He's those arms are tiny, man. Like that's, we're talking about an outlier level player at this point. He only, played in the slot on 246 of 719 snaps last season then 169 in 2021 and then 319 in 2020 despite again yeah. 700 snaps in each of those seasons this is all according to pff going by their draft guide it's a fantastic resource so like it is interesting to me that maybe that is his role like he's one of these players that we see at times be outside in two wide receiver sets and then move inside in three wide receiver sets yeah if he can do that in the NFL, that would be an amazing feat for him. Like it's, it's not just the height, it's the height plus the arm strength or arm length doing that on the outside is, would be amazing if he can do it. All right. Are there any other water receivers you want to hit on before we get to tight ends? Josh Downs is one. Um, he's a slot player uh, out of North Carolina. Fifth percentile height is five foot nine. He's 171 pounds. Now we're talking about second percentile weight. Um, but his broad jump and his vertical jump were both very good. 92nd percentile in the broad jump, 80th percentile in the vert. That's 38 and a half inches. His 10 yard split in the 40s in the 94th percentile. So he's a very bursty athlete, but he is definitely very, very small. And his long speed is not up to par. He ran a 448 despite that 10 yard split. So anything short area, he's got it, but he's going to be a slot only player with that size and with that long speed. So I think he's going to be a second round type of player in the this year or this type of NFL. Uh, there there are slot receivers that are very productive, but I think his ceiling is probably relatively capped just because of his kind of athletic profile. All right, it's March fourth. Putting you on notice, how many of these wide receivers go in the first round? I think it will be th three to four. Wow, really? From like this lackluster class, you think the need for them is going to force three to four of these guys into the first yeah. round? So I think Addison's still going to go. Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to go. And then like Quinton Johnson, I think somebody can dream big. And then like maybe you get a Zay Flowers or Jalen Hyatt in there. So I'm I'm not going to have uh, – I think I'm only have Jackson Smith and Jigba and Addison as first-round grades. Um, but we'll see what happens. This wide receiver free agency class is no bueno either. So, I mean, this might be the worst wide receiver class. I mean, 2013 had DeAndre Hopkins at pick 27. Then you got Tavon Austin at pick eight, C Pat at pick 29, Justin Hunter at pick 34, Robert Woods at 41, Aaron Dobson at 59. Then, yes, we finally got Keenan Allen all the way at pick yeah. 76. But then there's even a worse one. Let me find it real quick. Yeah. Back in 2008, no one went in round one. Now, granted, that's 15 years ago. It was Donnie Avery, then Devin Thomas, then Jordan Nelson, then James Hardy, Eddie Royal, Jerome Simpson, mm -hmm. and then Deshaun Jackson. Um, a bunch of second-round picks, but none in the first round. 
But you got to remember how much the wide receiver position, the value has gone up. So even sure. if these like aren't traditional round one grades, just because the price tag on these guys are higher, maybe it gets vaulted up. Not too much like where quarterbacks are, but that they're you're forcing some of these guys in there. Uh, two quick little names at, at wide receiver. Tyler yeah, little. Scott. Little. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Tyler Scott's little. He's 177 pounds. Uh, but his ju- jumping numbers were very strong. He ran 444. He was a early declare out of Cincinnati, and he's got the burst, and he played on the outside. So I think he's going to be go on day two. And then Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee, he was the bigger version. Jalen Hyatt was the vertical uh, player. C- Cedric Tillman can also do that, but he's 6'3", 213. So he is like Quinton Johnson where he has a little bit of girth to him. He had an 84th percentile broad jump, uh, 45440 at 213 pounds. If you are looking for an X receiver, he's definitely gonna be a poor man's version of it. But on day two, I do think that Cedric Tillman belongs in the conversation. Let's close with a couple tight ends. First, we need to bring up Darnell Washington coming out of Georgia because this love this dude. myth measured in at six foot seven, 264 pounds, compares himself to Mercedes Lewis, loves the blocking element of the game. But what we love was the athleticism that he put on display a four six four forty with one five seven ten yard split at 264 pounds at a 10 foot two broad jump and what i want to bring up is his 408 20 yard shuttle because the only person among all wide receivers and tight ends that he is behind on the 20 yard shuttle this week is jackson smith and jigba and he wears he weighs 71 more pounds than JSN. In fact, this is the fifth best tight end time ever in the 20 yard shuttle. And it's a dude that is six foot seven and 264 pounds and blocks his ass off. Like, <laughs> like people are rumored to say maybe in 10 years, he's going to pivot to left tackle. Like that's how crazy of a, a run blocker he is. This guy, I don't see how he gets out of round one. He, they ran uh, these like red zone fade drills. And he came down with a beautiful one-handed catch in that. He's a very fluid athlete. He's got 11-inch hands, which is absurd. Uh, and 83rd percentile weight-adjusted speed. But, I mean, this guy can block, and he's going to be that fluid in the, those agilities. Like, how is this guy not going to be like ranked ahead of all, like most of these wide receivers? That, that, that's what I mean. And to put this into context, I really do believe – that there are waves where positions are good one year and maybe not the next. We've been on a streak of wide receivers for a very long time. This is the lowest, as we've said, for a while. But this might be like the peak tight end class. Like, mm-hmm. I, I haven't watched every single one, but like two, three, four in round one. Like, I mean, it is, this feels like the year that we got the OJ Howard, Evan Ingram, David and Joku, but almost like up a notch. A yes. Can can you see more tight ends go around one than wide receivers? Yeah, that's yeah. absurd. I think I think that's like I wouldn't say likely yet, but we are definitely in that conversation. Darnell or Darnell Washington is going round one. Uh, uh, we have to lock that in. And there's other guys like Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, and Dalton Kincaid. Who I'm sure we'll talk about all of them that I definitely think belong in that conversation as well. All right, the one we need to bring up because depending on if you're checking out Hayden's adjusted spark or other composite scores out there any model doesn't matter we He's literally got it. the most athletic tight end of all time and that's something that we've actually said in in recent years that we see them more often like vernon davis was like that for a while um 
God, then we got the one with the Jets, and his, I just blanked on his name. I'll pull it up in a little bit. We've got Mike Gasicki, who's who's on that list as well. Um, it's pretty amazing. Zach Kuntz, who was at Penn State, now finished at Old Dominion. I'll just run through the athletic test because at 6'7", 255, it's a 4'5", 5'40", a 1'5", 7'10", split, a 40-inch vert, 10'8", broad jump, 6.873 cone, 4.12, 20 yard shuttle. And the name I forgot was Dustin Keller. So this Zach Kuntz guy might not have been known by many heading into this week, but he played like a hybrid slot receiver role like Mike Kosicki has over the last few years. But I would say that his ability to change direction and move with angles is much better than the linear athlete that Kosicki has put out there. And that three cone is in the 92nd percentile and he's six foot seven. That makes no sense to me at all. 97th percentile of vertical jump. Uh, his 10 yard split initial get off is in the 84th percentile. He's definitely got a lot of long speed, 90th percentile weight adjusted there. This guy is a freaky. Now he's definitely older. I think he was a redshirt senior here. He had to transfer out of Penn state to get playing time uh, in 2021. He was top 10 in like yards per route run and receiving at among tight ends in college last year, he was injured. So that's why he's gone under the radar. He had one good year last year, got injured this year, and now he breaks out. I think just based off of this athleticism alone, he's going to go day two at this point. I, I haven't heard his name before today, so I'm guessing he's still not going to go round one, but he's a freak athlete. I mean, broke my model completely here. This is like a classic figure it out on day two. Maybe he only plays 30, 40% of your snaps because he's going to be playing in two tight end sets only as the outside guy. Uh, But like highly intriguing at this point, he went to Penn state. That's this isn't like he was recruited at old, old dominion. He, this guy was supposed to be pretty good at some point. So a Twitter follower, and I wish I could find their name. It is. It's the Ryan King seven on Twitter. And hopefully you don't have bad tweets that I'm pushing everyone in your direction. Um, Must follow Penn state recruiting. So he said that Penn State took the first two of three to commit of Pat Fryermuth, Kuntz, and Kyle Pitts. They asked Kyle Pitts to play defensive end after the other two were on board. Kuntz was the highest ranked composite player of the three coming out of school. I didn't even mention Kyle Pitts when talking about super uber athletic tight ends. Yeah. I know this guy's what, 23 already, but this is exactly the style. And we've talked about a lot on the show. Hopefully you've tuned in where I love to draft tight ends if I were running a team at the end of round two in the mid part of round three, because it's such a difficult position to learn on the fly because you have to master offensive line blocking and then you have to understand your routes and your responsibilities there as well. So like taking those second day shots, totally love it. Do you think he's a bit different? Because I wish I had the charting of how many inline snaps he played. I would bet very few, but why not? <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is a this is one of the positions where you're talking about weight adjusted athleticism matters more because mass matters at this position. And this guy's got it in spades. And also, this is one of the positions where athleticism matters not as much as production, but we're getting close to that compared to like the wide receiver position where production matters more than athleticism. Tight end, just raw athleticism certainly matters, and he's got it. I mean, a lot of these tight ends that are successful in the league now had very little production in college. You Look at Dawson Knox, who had like 17 catches in his college career. Basically, George Kittle was obviously an inline blocker and fantastic at it. You draft a lot of these guys in athleticism and try to develop them and get better year over year. And it's also why I think a lot of times the successful 
tight ends on their second contracts who were previous first round picks. That happens too, because it just takes a while. Yeah, just put a little more spin on this. 40-inch vert, sixth best in combine history for tight ends. Uh, 10-foot, 8-inch broad jump, that's eighth best in combine history for tight ends. He's 6'7". He's 6'7". Anything else you want to say about these tight ends? Yeah, real quick. Um, Michael Mayer, he was supposed to be like an in inline traditional coaches love this guy. He didn't have that great of a day, 34th percentile weight, which is definitely probably smaller than we thought, 48th percentile height. His 40-yard dash was in the 54th percentile, his 10-yard split vert broad, all about average. I still think he's going to go round one because he's like a blocker and everyone loves him, uh, but had an underwhelming day for like upside cases uh luke musgrave who was the more athletic version he's been injured and stuff he did totally fine today uh he had a 81st percentile 40 he had a 92nd percentile 10 yard split a 91st percentile vertical uh jump so luke musgrave is the more athletic version of him uh darnell washington blew it up and then dalton kincaid he didn't test today he's the more like receiving guy i think he's probably the most natural receiver fluid type of guy he is still catching passes against my Trojans. Absolutely lit us up, like more so than any player I've ever seen. Uh, and he's 6'4", 246. That's the same exact weight as Michael Mayer. And Michael Mayer is supposed to be like the inline guy. Dalton Kincaid's a much better receiving guy than Michael Mayer. But they now all of a sudden they, they have the same exact body type, which I just found interesting. All right. That's going to do it. This is an extended episode, but it is fascinating to me. We have this dichotomy of pass catchers here with wide receivers that are on the smaller side after previous years of great players versus the wealth of talent we have at tight end. And they're all massive. <laughs> I, I think I'm just going to take these tight ends like just over the wide receivers. I know it's like flip-flopped and just like how we view these positions, but these guys are just better. I don't know. This also gives you about seven more names for your late round tight end strategy for best ball coming up this summer, just to hammer these guys in round 16, yeah. 17 and 18. If so. you're drafting these early tight ends, shame on you. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. Go and watch the quarterback recap that we've done. The defensive end pass rusher reaction that we had. And we also have them up for defensive backs as well. Podcast listeners. We love you. Appreciate you. Go and check out the YouTube channel as well for Hayden. I'm Josh up the villa. We'll talk to y'all soon and see you on Sunday for offensive linemen and running backs as well.